Hey, you're listening to the Smoke Meat Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Pittman. Smoke Meat's brought to you by Joe's Underground at the corner of 8th and Broad in Augusta, Georgia, in the bottom of the Lamar building. Uh, man, I love going to Joe's. They made me feel like family the first time I walked through the doors and every time after. They believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. They were the first people to ever sponsor this podcast, and I love them for it. Uh, Jeremy and the gang know how to make you feel like family every time you go in. So go on in there, say hey for me, have a drink, meet new friends, hang out with old ones. Remember, I goes to Joe's and so should you. That's Joe's Underground at the corner of 8th and Broad in Augusta, Georgia, in the bottom of the Lamar building. I also want to give thanks to WW Restaurant Equipment at 1894 Moose Club Road in Thompson, Georgia. Uh, you may call at 706-595-9511. Holler for Blake Harrison. I've known Blake for 40 years. He's a stand-up guy. Love him to pieces, man. Uh, you know, if you're hunting right now, you know, if you get a deer or anything, you got to pay somebody to process it. You can go to Blake. He's got everything you need to process your own game. That way you know it's your meat. You know you're getting everything you're supposed to. You know exactly what's in it. You know, you can go get cubers, slicers, grinders, anything you need. And uh, he won't rip you off. He'll give you a good price on everything. Stands behind everything he sells. So, going down to WW Restaurant Equipment in Thompson, Georgia. And that is 1894 Moose Club Road. And the number is 706-595-9511. I also want to thank the Four Points Trading Company. Great handmade soy candles. Just scents for everyone. They've got man scents. Right now I'm actually burning motor oil, gasoline, and firewood. And it smells like I'm sitting outside my friend's shop just around a fire pit. And it's so awesome. I love it. They've got holiday scents coming up. They've got blue spruce. They've got, you know, cookie scents. You name it, they've got it. And uh, they're so great. You can go on their website, www.fourpointstradingco.com and put in the promo code SMOKEDMEAT for 10% off your order. And that way they'll also know I sent you. So, that's fourpointstradingco.com, promo code SMOKEDMEAT. Now today, my guest is Mr. Andrew Cole. And uh, Andrew is a musician, has some great stuff out there. Check him out on anywhere you get your music from. Just such a great guy. He's played with a lot of different people, open for a lot of great people. Uh, and he is helping out with this concert coming up, the Mandate for Humanity. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this thing. You know, he's, he's very anti-bullying. And uh, you, can, you can check out his hashtag, hashtag I am no joke. And, uh... And he's, he's just such a great guy. We had a great time talking. And you're, you're going to listen and have a great time, too. I just feel it in my bones. So we're going to go on ahead and get this beast kicked off here on Smoke Meat. Hey, so how are you doing today, Andrew? I'm good, sir. How are you feeling? Man, any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Where are you calling me from? Uh, I'm in Malibu, California. Oh, that must be terrible to be out in Malibu. Just it's awful. <laughs> I hate it. Oh man, Did not a fan that. of water and sand. <laughs> oh, it must just be terrible. It's like sixty degrees out here this morning, and that's cold for oh this time of year right now. So I did not dig it. <laughs> it's been cold there, you know. Just today was warm. It was very weird. I woke up with the heating on and felt like a baked potato. <laughs> nice, nice. So tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, man. I know you're a musician well, and pretty good one yeah. I've listened to. 
Oh, thank you. Um, I, you know, a bit about myself. Well, my mum was a nurse. My dad was a truck driver from the very early age of, I guess, being born. They always played music, good music, like Phil Collins and ELO and stuff like that. So I was always around music. Um, I think my first concert I ever saw was ELO mm-hmm. with 10CC opening for them. In Liverpool, England, I, I, I grew up in England. I grew up in Liverpool. Um, I'm a bit of a mongrel. I was born in Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only kind of Canadian, I guess, in the family. Um, and my dad was from Liverpool. My mum was from Wales. And I kind of grew up around music all the time and fascinated with it. And was I was always a sting. I was always trying to be some kind of an entertainer, dancing around and doing stuff. And then one day I realised... You know, if I don't write my own songs, I can't really do anything uh, unless I was in like a, a tribute band or something, which is nothing wrong with that. But which I actually did for a bit. I sang. I, I was obsessed with the Doors as a band, and mm-hmm. I sang in a in a cover band of the Doors. Actually, it was me on my own with 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 backing tapes in mm-hmm. pubs across England, kind of breaking into pubs like underage, trying to make some wages. Nice, uh, sixty pound a night, and. Um, so then I became a, a recording artist and made my own albums. And uh, I, uh, I got managed in Canada by uh, Tom Cochran and Kathleen Cochran. Mm-hmm. They were kind of like Tom Cochran's, if you don't know him, he's a Canadian icon from you know, Life is a Highway and Lunatic Fringe. And they kind of showed me the ropes of, of the music industry. And uh, then uh, the Troubadour, the, the, the Rover, who can't sit still got in a car and drove to, to California from, from Toronto to kind of hit the big time or something, whatever people do. Mm-hmm. And here I am making albums of, you know, on my second album, I take a long time to make music. I've probably got about 20 singles and stuff like that, but um, writing music and, and, and creating music with great players. Uh, and then one day I was in Toronto for a writing session with a with a man called Alan Frew, who is uh, the lead singer of the popular band called Glass Tiger, very big in the eighties. Uh, Don't forget me when I'm gone. And him and Michael Hansen, who was the the drummer in Glass Tiger, uh, we had a very it was a terrible songwriting uh, session. I was I was not on game I wasn't very good and just as I was about to leave hey there is this one song that you might like and they played it to me and it used to be called it was a song called Joke J-O-K-E Joke and uh, it was kind of like the lyrics were like if you think I'm a joke maybe a complaining song and I don't know why it touched me but I always felt like a joke in school I always felt like the oddball or the the newbie or the uh i didn't know if i was canadian i didn't know if i was english i didn't know where i was from so i was stuck out i had a little accent as well when i was young mm-hmm. and um it reminded me you know it reminded me of my past and, and i love the song and so I, I brought the song to la and I, I recorded a vocal on it and it was just going to be some pop song on my on my album and um i don't know why oh i don't know oh so what happened was i went to one of my friends said um you're new to LA, you got to get out, you got to play out, you got to come see LA. And, and my friend loves your music. And I was like, well, okay. And he's playing live in a, in a bar. 
special bar and, and it was Jeff Goldblum, uh, the actor. And he was playing a piano jazz set with the incredible band from members of like different iconic jazz bands, you know, amazing band. And, and he loved the Beatles and, and, and obviously coming from Liverpool, I, you know, they're like nursery rhymes to me. I, I, that's what I had. And he offered me up on stage and I sang a song with him and, you know, we became friends and he said jokingly, well, if you ever need a piano player, kid, you know, I'll play piano for you. <laughs> and and I don't think he thought I would do it, but I was just like, okay. I was just kind of went, yeah, I actually do need a piano player. So he came in and played on on the joke song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually in Capitol Records, it was an amazing day. I'd never been in there. It was an extraordinary day. And cut a long, long story short, a couple of months later, I was kind of fascinated at the fact that someone like that had had played on it and the song started to remind me of being bullied it started to remind me of how I felt as a child bullied from my father bullied from a kid at school um and I don't know why I don't know where it came from I just wacky idea where I was I'm an 80s child and I loved we are the world and I loved Michael Jackson and I loved Willie Nelson and Lionel Richie and I just had this mad idea where I was like well who else in town would maybe play some bass or something or you know some, some drums and and I went on this mental escapade of kind of tracking down my heroes to play on this one song without thinking of any other music. Yeah. And they started to, to play on it. I don't know why. And then I changed the lyrics of the song to make it suit what I felt mm-hmm. with with bullying, with, with the abuse I'd kind of suffered. And then I went even further and I was like, hang on a minute. If, if these guys are going to play on the song, I want to interview them about their experiences what what they felt like what they went through what they overcome what they overcame you know and it turned into this big snowball it was a baby snowball now turned into a snowman so now we had like i don't know well jeff was on piano chad smith from the chili peppers was on drums slash was on guitar steve vi was on guitar robbie krieger was on guitar billy gibbons was on guitar dave stewart was on guitar um chris cheney was on bass kenny arnoff was on drums as well uh, Julian Lennon was on vocals. Um, there's like 50 people on it, you know, lights. Um, I'm always bad at sort of naming the 50 icons, but I've, prob- I've missed everyone out pretty much. So I've done a rubbish job again. But <clears throat> so then we went on this journey of pretty much going into people's homes and talking about their childhood and really kind of extraordinary topics that you would never hear most of these type of people talk about definitely not on camera or on mm. you know james corden show or something normally you're promoting an album or whatever you're doing and it, it became fascinating it became a conversation where we were all kind of saying the same thing just in different ways and we were, you know, preaching about love and self-defense to the mind and how to get out of the dark and why to not kill yourself and when you feel like you're alone it was really inspirational it changed my life it's still it's still changing my life and then I'm sorry this story is so long. And then oh, Adam friend. Leipzig, Adam Leipzig, my friend of mine, Patrick uh, Williams, he was like, I know this guy called Adam Leipzig and he is the former president of National Geographic Films and Disney Films. And, and uh, you know, I just said, well, I, I want to I get a meeting with him because I'm going to make a movie yeah. or some kind of TV show or something. And... Uh, <clears throat> I said, what's his favorite food as a joke? And Patrick said, hot dogs. 
And I was like, so I, I said, give me his number. And I, I got in touch with him and I said, listen, if I can take you out for a hot dog just for half an hour, I want to talk to you about this incredible thing that I've created. And we went out for hot dogs and I showed him on my iPhone, kind of very crass footage, not very good. And uh, he wasn't sold at the start, but he loved the idea. He just didn't think I had the right material, or at least it wasn't filmed very well and the audio was terrible. So he put a team together, end of that story, ended up making a, a documentary mm-hmm. called Hashtag No Joke which came out in theaters and did very well and hopefully helped a lot of people. And it's kind of a story of my Griswold's vacations of trying to change the world as someone who's not famous, which is ridiculous. I don't suggest it, but if you want to do it, you should do it. Or in some capacity, it's always good to try and change the world while we're here, you know? Yeah. And um, what else happened? Oh, then, so then I changed the name to hashtag I am no joke because then I wanted to make a movement. And I just didn't want it to be all about the film. I wanted it to be like, hashtag I am no joke is the universe. And then there's all these planets tailing off the universe. One is a song, one is a movie, one is a TV show, maybe one's a t-shirt, whatever. I didn't know much about charity. I'd given to charities in the past, more like cancer, leukemia stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of researched into these organizations and foundations that deal with abuse um you know people at home domestic violence bullying uh depression all sorts of things and we created this kind of universe which was kind of an outlet for people to anonymously kind of listen to their heroes and get advice from the people that they respected and looked up to and it kind of humanized fame as well it humanized you know, when I was a kid growing up in Liverpool, I, I thought everyone was kind of like a comic book character, like kind of yeah. Slash wasn't real. He was someone out of The Simpsons with his big hat on and he was a rock star and he had no problems and he'd never been through anything and he just went from zero to hero. And So it was really cool to educate the world and kind of see everyone is kind of like, I wouldn't say normal, but everyone is, you know, we're all people, right? We all we all have pain and we all, have, we all want, want love. So anyway... I'll be quiet now, but that's what happened. And now we're playing a show with some of these guys from the show. Now it's like Wayne's world concert, <laughs> uh, you know, and we're just hoping people show up and a lot of people have sent in amazing videos and stuff and lots of great conversation, healing conversation. And I just hope people watch it and it, it touches people, even if they're not being bullied and if they, and if they are bullies, mm-hmm. you know, it's always nice to get called out by your heroes and, be told that that's just naughty and not something you should ever do because it comes from a dark place and normally bullies have more issues than the victim and they just need a good big hug or a smack yeah I, I, I've always taught my kids if somebody bullied them and wanted to fight with them go on ahead and put them right there on the easy button and it would it would calm things hey, down pretty fast some, sometimes it works that way yeah. I hate to say it yeah I, mean, I hate to say it I think you can talk your way out of anything if you if you if you understand psychology. I don't think you under, I don't think you have to understand psychology. I think you just have to understand yourself and understand people. Yeah. And become good at it. You know, there's never there's never a, uh, there's always a way out, right? There's always a way of talking your way out of something. But yeah, if there's a gang of lads around you and you can't get away, sometimes you got to just yeah, give them a box. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's one thing I've learned a long time on the ambulance, you know, is 
we get a lot of drug people, we get a lot of people with psych issues, things like that, that, you know, they're ready to fight. And I can 99% of the time I can talk it out, talk them out of it. Right. And it, it makes their treatment go a lot better. It keeps me from having to fight because right. I'm a big guy and I, I hate fighting. Yeah. I have to, I have to, yeah. but I'd rather not. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's strange, you know, because I've been on both sides of the bullying thing. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've never just been one to, you know, I wouldn't go up and give me your lunch money and punch somebody or anything like that. I was never physical, but, and I'm, I'm still guilty of it some today, but it's just me and my friends that do it to each other. You know, we, it's, it's understood between us It's uh, words can do it really good. Oh, words can hurt worse than a fist can in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, those, it can get ugly. So, I mean, I've, I've gotten older and I've, I've gotten a lot better with it. I don't do it. Like I say, when, when it's me, it's me and my friends going back and forth on Facebook, things like that, you know, but. You know, I just, I can't yeah. look at a, a stranger or somebody that, you know, isn't in this game to, and just say anything like that, you know, it's just cold. You can't do yeah. it. It's a lot of fear, a lot of fear in the world. You know, it's, most of it's fear driven. I think anger comes from fear or something that's happened to you. It could be learned behavior, something like that. But you're right. I mean, sometimes you can't talk your way out of it. Yeah. And the last thing you want is a lunatic smacking his hands around. Cause even if you're not a fighter, even if you are a fighter, you can get hit by a, a drunk person or some broken finger or something stupid that you didn't want to deal with. So, and I was never a fighter, you know, I was always, I was always scared of the bully or I could never stand up for myself. So I always had to rely on talking my way out or being a very fast runner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I never was able, I was never able to smack anyone back. I never thought, I don't think I ever did punch the bully when, I don't know. Um, when, when I was a kid, I didn't. And I wonder how things would have changed had I done it as a kid. Yeah, I think the same thing sometimes. Yeah. But I tell you, you know, it's it's a great thing that y'all are doing. You know, the look at the lineup of this show that's coming up. You know, before COVID, I actually planned on coming up to it. You know, me and Johnny had talked and that was first time being in New York. I was going to go for this show. And then COVID hit and... Now it's virtual, but I'm still going to be there. I'm going to be there for the whole thing because it's going to be amazing. The list of people are like, yeah. really, y'all? <laughs> crazy, isn't it? It's just crazy. It's amazing how everyone can just come together and yeah. just, you know, just drop. There's a lot of ego being dropped, you know, and, and they're just coming together as human beings and going, you know what? Music is definitely, well, probably the most powerful language in the world, I think. Yeah. You know, next to Welsh. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I think I think music can change the world. I think they've done it before. There's a lot of big artists in the world that have used music for good. I do love bands that, you know, create music. That was, I mean, the Beatles always made music for positivity. It was always about love, I think. I don't think there's many Beatles songs that are, like, you know, yeah. angry, I don't think. Um, but then there's a lot of punk rock songs that are really angry, talking about peace and stuff. So... And then you've got Bono and John Lennon and, and also Coldplay that always write songs that are uplifting and stuff like that. So I really like that. So the lineup is is absolutely incredible. And yeah. to have intertwined conversations of healing with people like Ozzy Osbourne and Lemmy before he died from Motorhead's amazing. Um, Jane Lynch was fabulous. I mean, you know, talking about what we talked before, Jane Lynch said, you know, she was so scared of the bully that she 
became one, you know, and we do. We I've dabbled in both. I mean, you know, I'm not proud of a lot of things I've said. Um, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible what you can do to people with your mouth if your brain's not thinking straight and you just spout out a bunch of shit that freaks everyone out and it's just not nice and it can really stick to you. It can stick to you and you yeah. you got to relearn that stuff then. It's kind of like relearning the the cognitive process of what you had when you were young and it, I don't think it ever stops. I think it goes through your life. I don't think it's just for kids. I think yeah. you know the workplace or you got a nutcase as a boss or whatever or someone who's got a chip on the shoulder or it's a crazy world out there man and since covid now it's become even weirder oh, people man. aren't communicating i got friends that don't phone me that used to phone me all the time and now they're like text maniacs and then you say phone me and no they don't really pick up the phone because they're isolated and they get used to being isolated so it's about it's a weird world man it's like 2020 and what's going on yeah yeah you know i've been elbow deep in this thing you know the first two months of it um i stayed down here in my studio and because my wife runs a nursing home and i've got two kids they're teenagers but still you know wow. being a paramedic and being so close to it i didn't want to risk them getting sick if i came into contact with it so i know and you're probably around people trying to help them save their lives and you don't know what's going yeah. on yeah and i've be very careful I stayed down here in the studio for two months. You know, I had my air mattress down here and oh, that was a long two months. But, you know, now if I come into contact with somebody that, I, that they don't know they have it or we don't have any clue and, you know, we're not, we've got different levels of protection. If there's any type of doubt, I'll come down here for a week or two. Yeah. Oh man, I'm, I'm so ready for COVID to be just over. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's really affected yeah. it's really affected people um some people i've been watching it you know studying this thing and it's like i'm watching myself how i've reacted how i've mm-hmm. maybe changed a little bit and um i think some people it's affected terribly negatively you know they're isolated as i said or they're scared or angry or they're so used to staying indoors that they don't they don't even say hi on the street and you've got a mask on for crying out loud. So you can't see anyone smiling. You can't be English. You definitely can't crack any Ricky Gervais jokes because people think you're serious because you don't have that little instant smile after it. So I'm screwed. Um, and then of course you've got the other people, which I think is kind of brilliant where we're kind of forced to look within yeah. and kind of analyze ourselves and analyze what our beliefs are and what we believe in like whether it's family or friends or work or whatever it's very interesting times isn't it you know it it is you know and the one thing you know there's been a lot of really good music come out of this yeah people have been you know sitting at home hadn't been able to go out and perform and oh yeah i hate that you know scott page and all of them have the, the save our stage movement I'm a big supporter of that because, you know, not only the entertainers, but you figure the guys who set up those stages, who set up the lighting, who run the, the sound boards and everything, they got nothing right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's affecting so many people. And I know the concert part of it's going for COVID relief. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just floored by this, this show, you know, it's just going to be so great. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, when I saw the flyer the other day, I saw Lemmy's name on there. I'm like, now this is going to be interesting. 
And then I realized yeah. there were some videos because as you see up there, I have a picture of Lemmy. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I can just yeah. about see that. Yeah, amazing. Jerry he's amazing. Yeah, Jerry Lasky did that for me. He, he uh, was amazing. Yeah, the, I, I, the drum head sorry. and sticks. Oh, the drum head. Yeah, that's the drum uh, head. Kenny Aronoff. Ah, uh, Kenny. I love Kenny. Kenny, oh. Kenny plays drums on a lot of my songs. I love Kenny. Yeah, Kenny. Such a sweetheart. Amazing. It's like yeah. a machine, that guy. Oh, man. Uh, it's you ever watched him drum? He's watching him drum in, in, a, in a room, like... Or wherever it's like amazing to just he's like mesmerizing just watching him he's like a machine he, he's like the tasmanian devil on crank yeah yeah and to tell you man yeah. yeah he's he's amazing you know the people in this thing man it's just it's killing me you now you got slash you know i saw where ian Guerin had signed on today i love ian he's my buddy and uh man this thing's gonna be so amazing and i just i want everybody out there to go and watch it because I mean, you know, you're getting good music, you're getting good people, you're getting such good causes. Yeah. I mean, hell, why not? People, people believe in this, though. I mean, it's like this is the human condition. This is the psyche of who we are. This is building the future of our children and, and their children. And, and I think, you know, the world, I mean, I'm a young guy. What do I know? But, you know, you look at history and you think where I come from, which is probably split personality disorder because I have no idea, but You've got, I mean, look at Wales, look at England in the old days, look at Robin Hood, look at King Henry VIII, they used to cut people's heads off because they didn't like him and stuff and hang them and do all sorts of crazy barbaric shit, you know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm, I shouldn't be laughing because it's disgusting, like really horrific. But now you've got like the mental anguish of, you know, I mean, King Henry VIII didn't have Facebook or Instagram to just go like, bash all his wives on it, whatever he, he would do, you know. And uh, have to make can you imagine? I'm going to make you know, one now. <laughs> can you imagine King Henry VIII coming home going, I can't believe my seventh ex-wife said that shit about me on Facebook. I'm going to behead her, <laughs> right? I mean, well, Lenny reminds me of someone from, from like, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, not ancient times, but like, you know, like medieval times, right? And it's like Lemmy was kind of like, I mean, I used to stalk Lemmy. I would go to the Rainbow in Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard mm. and I'd sit there and order pizza every three days just in the hopes that he was playing the fruit machine, you know, putting the, drinking his Jack Daniels and putting quarters into this machine and just pulling the arm all day, you know. Mm. And finally one day, or maybe actually it was the fourth day, he was there and his manager or his assistant was looking over at me going who's this lunatic why is he staring over here and his name was dixon and dixon was lemmy's best friend and right hand man and mm. shout out to dixon for this because dixon's the one who did it it wasn't me and dixon came over to the table where i was eating my big giant pizza and taking my time with it <laughs> he say yeah can i help you or something like freaking us out a bit he's staring at it like what what do you want like do you want to say hello to lemmy and i was like yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I remember walking up to Lemmy kind of timidly and trying to catch my breath. And then he's like, what do you want? What's your name? You know, he's very aggressive, but not really. Like, total sweetheart, but very, he's Welsh, actually. And he talked like that. And he goes, what do you want? What do you need? I'm drinking a drink here. I'm winning against this game. Make it quick, kind of thing. And I say, what are you doing? What do you want? I said, well, I'd love to interview you about 
and the minute you say interview or whatever, he was already kind of like, no, I'm, I'm busy. And the minute I said bullying, he stopped what he was doing. He put his drink down and he went, oh, I can't swear. Can you swear on this? Yeah. And he went, I fucking hate bullies. And I was like, so do I. And he said, so go on, you got my attention. And I said, well, I want to interview you. And then we're going to do like this We Are The World song. He looked at me like I had 10 heads. And he was like, oh, a what? A charity song? He's like, I'm not going to sing on a charity song. And I went, well, listen, there's the words and there's the other people I'm trying to get on. I'm trying to get your mate Slash on. And, you know, I was kind of like trying to name drop everyone I could think of that would do it. And at the time, Slash hadn't played on the guitar. It was just like this delusion kind of manifest thing that I was trying to invent in my mind, uh, fantasy thing. And you know, we got to the studio for the interview and I remember his manager came up to me, whispered in my ear and he said, hey, kid, when the interview's done, get the fuck out of here because Lemmy's not going to sing on your stupid charity song. Now, Lemmy heard him say that mm. and he came in the room like Superman, like my savior. And I, I never forget this. And he didn't even look at me and he went over to the guy I won't name any names. And he just said, get out. How dare you? I told this kid I would do it. I hate bullies. And don't you tell me what I'm doing or not doing. And the guy didn't think he heard him. And he stuck up for me as a stranger. You know, it was brilliant. It was, it was amazing. I was like, I was being held by my hero. And that's when he said he was determined then to sing on this song, you know. Yeah. And the funny thing was he, he never wanted the camera on him. He was never really seen in the studio recording. I mean, Motorhead have made how many records and I'm sure there's documentary footage or whatever been saying but at this point in time you know he was getting sick and stuff and he just didn't want he was like so I would I would hide around the ca- the, 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 the corner you know around the, with, the, with a camera mm. and he'd be like I can still see you I've got so many cool outtake b-roll he'd be like, I can see you get around and I was like Lemmy what do you want me to do man I've got to get you on camera if I don't get you on camera you're not in the song no one will know who you are and he'd say, of course you fucking know who I am. No one sings like me, right? <laughs> so he was brilliant. He was just so brilliant. Anyway, that's my Lemmy story. I, I, I love the guy. Rest in peace, Lemmy. I mean, what a, yeah. what a star. Yeah. And, you know, his involvement, I swear to God, by having him on this song, it really got, like, other people were like, fucking hell, if Lemmy did it, that's so cool. It must be brilliant. We'll do it. Yeah. It's great. That is amazing, man. Like I said, the, the people, you know, Slash, I've loved Slash since, you know, forever. Yeah, and it, it took Sweet guy. the first time I I read his book. You know, I never knew his real name was Saul Hudson. Yeah, like he does not look like Saul Hudson. He looks yeah. he was born Slash. Yeah, and like I say, they're just normal people. And I'm learning that every every interview that I do, every show I do, I'm learning that. It's so awesome to be able to to relate to people because I don't get on and do the normal. So tell me about your first single. You know, I. I do like we do. We talk yeah, and we talk about what's going on and it can steer anywhere. I mean, I've gone from talking to someone about their Grammy to Bigfoot all of a sudden. Just <laughs> and well, I, I love being able to do that with people. Yeah, It's more human though, isn't it? To talk like that. I mean, Slash is so funny. He's a sweetheart. I always remember, I always thought Slash would be like a total rock star. Like, I mean, he is a total rock star, but yeah, he was just so sweet and so kind. And 
I remember saying to Slash in the interviews, I was so nervous because he was one of my heroes growing up as a kid. And I said to him, hey, you know, am I doing all right? And he said, I don't know. Am, am I doing all right? <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay. This is really human. This is strange. And, you know, yeah. you're not drinking. He's drinking green tea and whatever. I don't think he smokes anymore. So, you know, brilliant. And, uh, you know, learning about stuff from England. I mean, Slash was born in England, you know. Yeah. He was born in Stoke-on-Trent. And in England, if you're a ruffian, not like me, but if you're from the north, when you go for a pee, or you pee up a tree or whatever guys do that are naughty. Did mm. he say, you know, I'm going to go have a slash. <laughs> That's what it's called to pee outdoors. It's like a quick pee is a slash. And apparently when slash or Saul had his American accent and he went to England, this mm. is what I heard could be bullshit, but he said in his American accent, mm. I don't know what happened there. Oh, it was good. I don't know what happened. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. It went off then. It went to another thing. He said he said in his American accent, you know, probably I'm going to go take a slash or whatever. And they all kind of laughed at him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this is. Someone's phoning me and that's cutting the thing. Let me decline that. And that should bring you back. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I'm never this busy. No one normally cares. No, I'm kidding. Well, no, I'm not kidding. Um, so that's my little stupid slash story. So that's how he got his name. Apparently, could be bullshit. Maybe slash could type in and say that's sort of shit. Oh man, oh shit! Who is phoning me? How, why is this so important that someone's power calling it? You know what I'll do? I'll take a picture of it, <laughs> and then I can figure out who the hell that was because it's just an unknown caller. That'll work. Okay. Uh, hold on. Mm-hmm. This is this is could be anyone. At this point, when you're promoting a show, yeah, I'm texting while I'm talking to you. Who is this? Is Who the hell is this? Yeah, because normally, you know, when you're promoting a show like this, when you're promoting a show like this and you're not like magic, like Eileen or, you know, Soho Johnny or John Velasco, whoever's involved, you know, I've got this amazing team around me, mm-hmm. which makes me really good. But, you know, obviously sometimes I get, I get a few phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you, you know, Zoom has got me limited. Uh, I'm going ahead. uh, Oh, hang on. Okay. I got to get this. Hang on. Okay. I'll take you with with me. Hold on. Hold on. We're on the move. This is real life, brothers and sisters. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Coming, coming into the darkness of LA. There's no lights. I'm coming. Sorry about that. I was on a Zoom call. Cheers, mate. Nice one. Okay. I have... Okay. There we go. Oh, cool. That was one of James Bond's mates. No, that was uh, my wonderful girlfriend who knows I've been working around the clock has sent me food because if I don't eat then I go stupid so she's very sweet she's in Atlanta and she sent me oh. she sent me food to my door which is so sweet well I'm you probably know? about 20 miles south of her I'm in Fayetteville oh wow cool yeah when you when you come I love to- it I yeah. love Atlanta I, I love Atlanta actually she's playing the show um her name is Rachel Loren mm-hmm. you should check her out she's on 
I think she's kind of headlining at the end of the show and, and she's fantastic. Um, yeah. Really cool music and uh, Rachel Loren Music, at Rachel Loren Music. Yeah, you got to check her out. Thanks for the food, babes. That's amazing. I have no idea what it is. It's a surprise, so we'll see. Very cool. But yeah, man, it's very cool. So I can't wait to tune in and I can't wait to get all my friends around. Mm. Well, not around, but like in their own homes. I'm going to pretend it's live, you know? Hey. Some of it is. Some, some of it is. Some of it isn't. We'll never know. Hey, it works, though. Well, man, Zoom has got me limited to 40 minutes now. So, oh, yeah. We are right on the cusp, but you know, right. you are welcome on here well, ask me, anytime. Ask me whatever you need. This is what I want to tell you. I want to say thanks to the Let Me Help Foundation. Mm-hmm. I want to say thanks to Creative Visions Foundation and Who Cares I Do, which is works with Paul McCartney's bullying charity. Um, obviously we know the date of the show is on the 24th of this month, November at seven o'clock. And, um, are you going to put a link there to find out how to watch the show? Uh, the show is on, uh, iconcert.tv. I just cheated and and looked because my brain's on a sieve. Iconcert.tv. So go to that. There's be links everywhere. And you know what? The main thing is at I am no joke. If you go on Instagram at I am no joke project, mm-hmm. all one word, you'll you'll see a lot of information and you, you actually get to see some sneaky previews if you want a little sneaky preview. That's where you go. Very cool. I will definitely be going there. Well, Andrew, sure. you've got this number. All you gotta do is call me anytime. It's the same one you texted us. I'll, I'll come down and see you. Well, I won't. I'll come with the mask and we'll talk across the street. Hey. But I'll be next time I'm in, I'm in Atlanta. Well, technically, if we both have a yard of beer, that's six feet apart. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. There we go. All right, brother. Well, thank you for what you do as well for your service of the world. That's brilliant. And, uh, and your wife as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And you take them easy. Enjoy your food, my friend. Thanks, brother.